Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Online Selling Partner Podcast. Uh, my, my name is Isaiah, and I'm with Online Selling Partner. And today I'm interviewing an awesome guest that's actually uh, used to work at Amazon, but now is on the brand side. And his name is uh, Brian. And Brian, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and how you got to the point where you're at today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Isaiah. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Happy to uh, speak about my experience and hopefully give you a little bit of insight into, uh, you know, the world of promotional planning on the one piece side of things. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, my name's Brian Kazus. I'm an ex Amazonian. Uh, like many people you've probably spoken to, many people on the e-com side. Uh, I am a former vendor manager uh, from from Amazon. I've worked worked in a few different categories uh, while I was there uh, back in 2015 through 2018. Uh, nice. Started with started within sporting goods, uh, then transitioned over to consumer electronics uh, within audio and accessories. That so sounds actually, like a story. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a fun place to be at the time. I, I dealt with a lot of uh, uh, luxury audio goods, so very expensive speakers, a lot of fun samples. So, yeah, had a had a, had a pretty good time there. I actually started at Amazon pretty uh pretty timely. We're having this conversation. I started at Amazon during uh, uh, the height of the first Prime Day. So, uh, it's been nice. fun to see Amazon's journey through that kind of a uh, that promotional period. So. Yeah. And then, you know, since then, I, you know, like you said, I hopped on the brand side. So, uh, you know, I went from being a vendor manager uh, at Audio and Accessories to a couple weeks later, uh, negotiating with my former boss uh, at a <laughs> uh, Audio and Accessories brand. So that was quite a, an interesting experience as well. Um, and since then, I've been through, a, you know, a number of different categories, uh, consumer electronics, furniture. Uh, now I'm in uh, automotive aftermarket. So kind of been been around the horn a little bit, um, a lot of different uh, different challenges by category, everything from, you know, map considerations to heavy, yep. bulky, you know, direct import, you know, all that kind of stuff and everything in between. So it's been a, it's been a learning experience for sure. Wow, that's, that's, this is great. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in your, your story and, and how you've got here. And I love talking to people that were behind the curtain at Amazon and and have seen uh, what it's like working for Bezos directly. Like we all work for Bezos, right? I mean, we're, <laughs> right. All, we're, we're all making it's making his it world. Money. We're just yeah. living in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but uh, we all we all work in a different way. But you obviously got that that W two salary directly from Amazon, so. If you want to start with telling us a little bit of, of background of being at Amazon and being a vendor manager and what it's like, there's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast that probably want the ear of their vendor manager to help them in, in some way. And, and they're always like, how do, how do I get them to, to actually communicate with me and help me and do make more sales yeah. and more POs? So I'd love for you to say, as being a vendor manager, what, what, uh, what motivated you and what advice do you have for brands dealing with vendor managers? Yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting organizational structure that's uh, certainly shifted in the past, you know, ten or so years, uh, becoming a lot more centralized, becoming um, a lot more automated, a lot more vendor self service since I was there. Um, but you know, being a vendor manager was was interesting, right? You know, you're working with the vendor to 
to grow their business, but at the same time, you're self-serving in a way, uh, and in that you're maximizing your own profitability. So it's kind of this, uh, this double-edged sword a little bit where you have to play both sides of the table. Um, you know, vendor managers are gold, uh, you know, in large part on, you know, our standard retail metrics, you know, the net PPMs, the out-of-stock rates, the revenue growth rates, the market share, the selection, those kinds of things that you have during your AVN discussions every year. Uh, but okay. much more than that, you know, about 60% of their time is, is not devoted to vendors. It's SME roles. It's white paper projects. Um, so we used to front load all of our vendor calls in the weeks. We would have, you know, our WBR on, on a, a Tuesday. Uh, all your... Can you define that? What is the, the W? Oh, yes. They're weekly business reviews. So okay. uh, literally at the beginning of the week, they print out this, you know, packet of paper and a category yeah. manager will sit there and he'll highlight, you know, different metrics that are, are good or bad by different vendors. And then really, the vendor managers. Amazon does something that manual and mm -hmm. highlighter with paper. Oh yeah, oh, they're big on paper. Really? So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, the WBR is is very much what happened last week and what vendors were driving, you know, upswings or downswings in, in their business. That mm -hmm. was a big financial exercise at the beginning of the week. Um, you'd front load your calls with the vendor during the week, and then the rest of the week, you might not even respond to a single, single vendor, vendor email or communication. Wow. So it's all <clears throat> SME roles. It's all, um, you know, white paper projects, like larger category level projects, um, or even, you know, something that might not be directly related to your category. You have this crazy idea that you want to pitch upstairs. Right. And that's what they really, they really, uh, uh, motivate you to motivate you to do that. Okay. Th there's a lot to unpack here. So <laughs> first thing I learned, contact your vendor managers on Monday. Yeah. Try to get all the communication just front loaded as much as possible because you might not okay. hear from them for another two weeks. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. Well, when this w weekly business review, which, uh, you are basically taking a bunch of physical papers and seeing mm. what happened last week and you're highlighting metrics. I don't know um, if that's how like, it's done now, but that's what we used to do. <laughs> that's crazy. And I think Amazon is so automated and everything and they, they literally have you print out papers to highlight. It's like you would think mm. they would just give you like, hey, here's your metrics, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, yeah. Uh, so that's interesting, and I'd love to dive deeper in. I, I know you touched on each of these metrics, what uh, what motivates a vendor manager. Which so let's let's dive into that. But um, but I, well, before we get into the metrics part and what what metrics matter, you talked about. I, I'm assuming SME, which is a sub, subject matter expert, right? Is that that's right? Yeah, you said SME within Amazon. So mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about what that means in the context of somebody internally and, 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 and what is a SME role in Amazon? Like just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. So, uh, you know, basically when you start as a vendor manager within a category, you are assigned to be a subject matter expert of something. And what that okay. means is you're, you're the go-to person for that thing. Anyone within the category, uh, within automotive, for instance, has a yeah, question me... 
about that one thing, then they go to you. So, for instance, there is a promotional suite. They okay. are responsible for coordinating all of the deals during yeah. every every promotional period, and then yeah. bringing those deals to their in-stock team, sourcing the deals, negotiating funding, uh, and then coordinating the you know the deal execution itself. That's that's one example. Okay. Uh, another example might be a selection suite. So this is someone who, you know, uh, they're, you know, uh, going out and going to trade shows and talking to new vendors or they're probing existing vendors on selection that's not sold on Amazon to try to get that selection. That's so those are, those are just a few things. It spans a wide variety of things. There's a heavy bulky SME uh, within automotive category. There's a part finder SME. Um, so there's there's quite a few, um, but yeah, it's it's largely dependent on what GL or what category you pull in. Okay, and what you said GL, what is that? Uh, general GL? ledger. That's just what they that's what they call their categories. Interesting. I Inter did not know that. So internally, Amazon called. And is that subcategories general ledger or just? No, the that's major? the broader, That's the broader category. So a GL could be. Uh, Automotive or a GL could be a consumer electronics, for instance. Okay, that makes sense. And like, for example, when you were so each vendor manager are SMEs of something. Is is, is yeah. that what I'm hearing? Yeah, so they share their role. Not only, not only are they vendor managers, but they're also SMEs, like a deal SME or a, a heavy bulky or whatever. Like you said, like like for example, like what what, what was your specialty? What what, what subject matter expert? Yeah, I was. I was a uh, heavy bulky SME, and then uh, about six months later, transitioned to selection SME. Uh, selection. So, yeah. Well, like a, I would rather be a selection SME. That would be some. That would be fun. That's it's fun. It's a little bit more salesy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you go to trade shows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's cool. Okay. Um. That's super interesting, by the way. And I, in this podcast, we love learning things. I love learning things. I, I get more out of this podcast than anyone, I'm sure. And so, uh, so this is this is really cool. So, so then uh, you talk about white paper projects. So, you have these people upstairs that I'm assuming are contacting SMEs and saying, "Hey, Brian, we know you're a selection SME for uh, audio de uh, department or the audio GL," and then. They're doing. Are they? Are they doing a white paper? Are you doing a white paper? What's the You're, white paper? Everyone's encouraged to do a white paper. <clears throat> okay. It's basically a brainstorm for you know some higher level projects. So, you know, for instance, Amazon's getting into online pharmaceuticals. That yes. began, that be, began as a white paper that someone had. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple. You know, a couple desks down from you know the the vendor manager or or something like that. You know, it's just an idea that someone has that you can present upwards. And it could be a big idea, it could be a smaller idea, maybe a, a, a customer experience project, for instance, or um, or something as groundbreaking as, hey, we should acquire Whole Foods. You know, those are all kind of in the spectrum of, of what this is. Uh, and okay. those white papers give give vendor managers like huge, huge visibility and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of opportunity for upward mobility, right? If you can put your name on that thing, then mm. you're set for a while. Wow, that's interesting. And mm -hmm. so it is an internal motivation. Um, 
So is there anything that brands or sellers can do to help vendor managers with their white papers or in, in, or invent white papers for them? Well, I think it's more of uh, understanding, helping vendor managers understand opportunities, right? Uh, yes. As, as a vendor, you know, I can have a, a large CX gap, right? I, ah. I, am, I am having a problem that is affecting the customer experience. I assume other vendors are also having this problem. Helping your vendor manager understand what that problem is uh, and formalize it in writing, right? So um, one good example is uh, the part finder tool within automotive. Yep. That began as a vendors having an issue with a CX, you know, customers are returning a lot of wiper blades because they're not fitting uh -huh. their cars. So what make model of car do you have? You can now plug that into the website and it'll spit back exactly what you need. They call that fitment data, right? Yes, exactly. ACES data. Okay. Um, you said ASICS data? How do you spell that? Uh, ACES data. A-C-E-S. A-C-E-S. Yeah, we, I, we nerd out on this podcast. <laughs> okay. okay. I, all right, I, so love the, I love all the little details. Exactly. Obviously, you're throwing out all the acronyms. You know, there's so many acronyms in Amazon. I'm, I'm putting these together for a big, like, acronym dictionary. And, they give uh, you a, uh, they give you a, uh, a packet when you first start of all the acronyms. I'm not even joking. Really? Yeah. I'll have to get a copy. It sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So that's cool. Um, so now let's jump in. So you said every year a lot of people have an AVN uh, mm -hmm. meeting. And what does AVN stand for? Uh, annual Vendor Negotiation. Okay. So Annual Vendor Negotiation. So let's talk about people that are going into AVN and the vendor managers, how they think about the AVN and how brands should think about it, what metrics that matter, and let's just jump into AVN. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's very timely. We have that uh, right around the corner, probably in a few months. So um, Is that for everyone? Good. Is it at the same time for everyone every year, or is it kind of throughout Rough, the year? Roughly. Uh, it used to be in like February time period, okay. but it seems to be uh -huh. getting earlier and earlier every year because the process is getting more and more drawn out with longer negotiations, right? That's uh, odd. Prof profitability is being squeezed on th both sides right now. So it's, it, you know, both sides doesn't want to give and things get drawn out and it can get a little messy. Um, Interesting. But, you know, so, every year, oh, sorry, go ahead. I have a friend who does about $20 million a year with Vendor Central and he just had his AVN. I thought it was in August. Oh, interesting. I think um, some of the brands are getting them like off-cycle AVNs now. Um, okay. Where, you know, Amazon's profitability has looked bad since the last one, so they come back to you with something else. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let's jump into AVN. Let's let's think yeah. about it. Uh, the timing of AVN: January, February, first quarter, usually. Usually, first quarter. Uh, okay. There will probably get presented asks in Q4 this year uh, to be decided upon in the first, first and second quarter. So, you know, Amazon will come to you um, basically saying, hey, our net PPM, uh, their profitability metric, basically it's what their gross margin is, um, has taken a hit in this past year or is not where it should be at a category level. And they compare you to every other vendor out there. 
um, and here's what we need from you, right? And what what is the targets that you usually see? Because I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. net PPM is a percentage, right? Right. So I mean, I've seen all different types of net PPMs, but what do you, what do you think is an average healthy? Yeah, it's PPM? gonna it's gonna vary a lot by category um, and price point. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to say. Um, well, I've, op- yeah. I've yeah, I've operated roughly in the range of like thirty five to fifty percent. Okay, thirty five to fifty yeah. percent is 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 okay. Cool. I, yeah. I mean, obviously, your experiences in uh, the audio and the auto mm-hmm. department, and and so you know, it's more hard goods, right? You're you're not really yeah. focused on the, the soft goods, so. So yeah, right. that's, that's good to know. I mean, that's a good good range. Um, mm-hmm. Now, how does Amazon think about? Um, because this question just entered my head, I have to ask it. How does Amazon think about loss leaders? Do you know? I know that some things are loss leaders for them. They have to be because they're just selling them at the price Walmart selling it at. Uh, how do they think about it? I mean, they're not hugely favorable on loss leaders, uh, generally okay. speaking. I mean, let's say, for example, they're price matching a Walmart out there. They're going to go to you for, for money. They're, ah. they're going to. Uh, they're going to come at you and say, hey, we need a cost concession on this, whether that be temporary or permanent. Um, how, how can you help us out? And that's when we start getting into the territory of crap. Uh, yeah. can't, re- can't realize a profit, right? Um, and that's you know harmful harmful on both sides, mm-hmm. but yeah they're they're not they're not very happy with being a loss leader at any point in time. That is interesting. So even though <clears throat> the prices on Amazon, uh, Vendor Central, One P, we see them low a lot of times, is not necessarily because they want it to be low. It's because right. they're just matching other retailers, and then really the vendor pays for it. <laughs> Ultimately, in 90% of cases, the vendor pays for it. That's right. That's crazy. So, okay, so yeah. Gotta, go ahead. No, no, please. Yeah, so let's go back to the metrics that matter. So uh, the, the net PPM, so we're saying, hey, that's a huge metric, net PPM. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, Amazon calculates it. Well, in your perspective, how does Amazon calculate the net PPM? That's, that's a great question. Yeah, it's basically... It's basically the price that they sell the products minus the price that, you know, you sell it to them, right? Mm-hmm. But then also taking into consideration accruals or co-op, right? Okay. What, so, what about shipping? I'm sorry? Is shipping ca- calculated in net PPM? So, uh, no, that's Am- below the line. That's, that's, that's okay. contribution profits. That's even lower. Um, okay. So Amazon theoretically could have a 50% net PPM but still be making a hit. Taking a hit, right? You know, if they're selling a hundred fluent fluid ounce, uh, you know, container of vinegar or something like yeah. that, that's heavy, right? And yeah. they're selling it at six dollars or something. You know, they're going to be losing money. So net PPM is not the only thing uh, that they look at. Uh, the problem mm. is, it's the only thing the vendor has visibility into. Really? That's yeah. so we so we can't see anything else below that net PPM line, uh, which creates a, little, a lack of visibility into mm-hmm. exactly what they're asking for and why and what goes into that, um, which is why, you know, as, as a vendor now, 
you know, when yeah. we're negotiating with Amazon, all we can speak about is NetPPM. Uh, vendor managers also only have access to NetPPM? No, they see they see below that as well. They see contribution oh, okay. profits. So they know they know what they're taking a loss on at all times. And what about the uh, advertising like PPC when 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 a brand is paying for ads is does that go into the net PPN or is that below the line also that does not go into net PPN so oh, that okay. is actually calculated that goes into your AMS services so it doesn't okay. help your vendor managers profitability really interesting um, and AMS that's Amazon marketing services yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Your AMS, your your display ads, um, mm. your uh, AVS, which, okay, is, what's that? which is your basically your account manager. You can pay for an account manager. They uh, used okay. to call it an SVS, brand specialist. It has a lot of names. SAS, um, that one? Yeah, SAS. Yeah, yeah. I think they've changed it like three or four times. That doesn't go into their profitability either. Interesting. Interesting, yeah, and that's a whole centralized department. Okay, very, very interesting. So, all right, so let's go back to the AVN. <laughs> How many actors <laughs> have we said on one podcast? <laughs> I know. Yeah, but, you're, uh, gonna, you're yeah, you're gonna need to include some sort of like attachment with uh, yeah you know, <laughs> definitions to this one. I love it. I love it. This is fun. This podcast is only for nerds. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, so all right, so we're, we're we got an AVN coming up. Yeah. We our 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 average net PPM is twenty five percent. We know Amazon oh is going to uh, to be asking for more. Mm-hmm. What other metrics are are is the Amazon vendor managers looking at? Yeah, I mean net PPM is really the biggest thing for the AVN conversation. Obviously, they want your business to be healthy. They want you to be growing, um, and part of that is you know it can be selection related. Uh, it, huh. could be, it could be marketing investments generally. So while we just said AMS doesn't hit their profitability line, they do yeah. want you to invest in the business, in the partnership. They want you to invest in in AMS, in search ads, in you know, their own on-site marketing, you know, whether that's event placements or, or whatnot. So, you know, a lot of the you know, tactical conversations that you have with Amazon could be around, well, we're not going to accept a cost decrease, you know, from you guys, uh, but we will invest a hundred thousand more in AMS next year, or we will contribute more to our promotional budget, or, you know, it's kind of that, that trade-off, right? I don't want to give you something that doesn't help us. Instead, mm. I will sacrifice a little bit of profitability for something that creates mutual value. That's a good way to go into it. Okay. Interesting. And and these are so the metrics that your vendor managers are looking at: net PPM, your AMS. They are looking at um, selection. Obviously, mm-hmm. increases overall. I I guess what is that? What is that net 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 number that? what do they call that internally in Amazon when you're looking at a brand or a vendor in, in totality, is there some sort of like, did you call it like a contribution margin or like, what was the, what is that kind of like that net, net, net? Oh, like the bottom line, bottom line. That's, they call it contribution profit. 
contribution. So you, you might you might hear them refer to uh, an ASIN as CP negative. That's something that they commonly throw around. If something's CP negative, they're losing money on it. Uh, if you're CP negative, but you have a, a you know positive net PPM, then you know it's all shipping and operations related. That's interesting. But you say it's contribution margin, which would be like CM. So what is CP? No, it's contribution profit. That's what they call contribution it. Pro I'm sorry. Contribution profit. Yeah. My brain, my brain forgot it that long. Okay. All right. Super interesting. Contribution profit. Okay. And that's important. And those are all little terms and things that you can you can throw out to your vendor manager. You send them an email. You can say like, hey, would you like your contribution profit to be up by 28 points? Or like, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to be super impressed if you do that. Awesome. So you as a vendor manager, where did you feel that you, like the, the brands that did get your ear and that you did work on, you know, obviously I'm sure there was some primary ones that, that you were like, man, these were, these were, I always seem like you were, you were working on those. Why? Yeah. I mean, the, the vendors that demand the most attention are, are going to be the biggest vendors, right? When okay. I was in audio and accessories, you know, there was a vendor manager for Bose. Back of just a single vendor manager that was their only vendor. Mm. Now there are other vendor managers of like fifty to hundred vendors, crazy. But since, how you many know, did you have? I had about thirty. Oh. Just still a lot. Just still That's a lot. Count. You know, and if each if each is kind of split evenly in revenue, it, it pulls you in a lot of different directions. But is the ones that really the ones that sent you the most emails and gave you the most calls? Those were the guys that you paid attention to. Well, it was, it was, yeah, well, the, the biggest ones, the growing ones, the ones that are investing in, in, in the partnership, uh, mm. the ones that made me the most money in terms of my, my contribution profit, as you said. So, uh, so those it, things are important as well. Were you bonused on contribution profit? No, I was not. Okay. You were just, it was, it was just made you look good if you had a big contribution profit. That's, yeah, that's it. You know, the goal of the vendor manager is to get to be a senior vendor manager or a senior in-stock manager or something like that. You know, you're only staying in your role at Amazon for about two or so years before you transition out uh, into something else. Amazon has a big culture and uh, pushing people to do something else. You've learned a lot here within audio and accessories. Why don't you go apply that to the furniture department? Go and do that some, somewhere else. So within about two years, you transition to a new role, into a new department. And then from there, uh, it's about leveling up. And once you become the next level, that's when you get the, the compensation that comes with it. Okay. And, and most vendor managers, are they like L6s or L5s? or? Uh, they're usually L5s. L5s, okay. Yeah. And then senior vendor manager is L6. Uh, all okay. the way up to category leader L8. Okay, cool. And for those that don't know, was there there's 12 levels at Amazon, right? I think. If I recall, yes. I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I do have some friends that work there, so they were telling me all about <laughs> these elves, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a big uh, deal. You know, you can you can see at any time what anyone's level is within the organization. It's very strange. Oh, wow. So it's like this, this massive uh, shared org chart? 
Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I think it was called Foam Tool back in the day, but... Well, that's funny. The big old foam tool. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I love this. Okay. You're, I'm having so much fun. This is, this has been a great podcast. So, uh, so far, but we haven't talked too much about, I know promotions and things, but, um, so, so what made you decide to go from Amazon to, was it B&O that you went to after that? Yeah. I went to B&O after that. I've kind of bounced around since, you know, part of it was, you know, I was out in Seattle. Um, I'm a, I'm a Northeastern kid. So nice. wanted to get back to, to the East coast. I was, I was, um, one of my vendors came to me, uh, B and O at the time and they said, Hey, look, uh, our e-com managers leaving. Do you happen to know anyone? And I said, Hmm, I think I do. Uh, let me just, uh, call you back in a second. Walked out of the building, gave him back the call. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a fun transition. I'll say that uh, it was it's a brand I, I really love and, uh, you know, they're super creative. Uh, I think, uh, going from the world of Amazon to the brand side, you can get a little bit more creative, which is, which is fun. Um, yeah. and you feel, you know, uh, making that transition, you're taking on a lot more, uh, ownership, right. You know, when yeah. you're at Amazon, you know, I might've had a, hundred million dollar business, right. When I was in audio and accessories, but that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. So being able to go to the brand side, all of a sudden you're only a $10 million business, but that's all of your e-com business, or that's half of your total business. You're able to dictate the strategy uh, a mm-hmm. lot more. Um, and you know, that was something that was important to me is, is having a, having a, a say in the, in the overall direction of the company. That's cool. That's really cool. And then from there, like you said, you bounced down around a little bit and, um, you've done a lot of different things. Like you said, now you're in automotive, but, um, I, I just think it's super cool career path, you know, going from Amazon to the brand side and, and kind of working your way up into to different things. And, uh, and what was that? What was that like? that big aha moment working on the brand side where you were like, wait a second, my experience at Amazon really helped me <laughs> with the situation, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that came pretty quick. Uh, honestly, you know, um, being kind of the go-to guy, uh, on the brand side, of course, there's a learning curve behind it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not the same when you're, you're, you're sitting at Amazon telling vendors what to do to actually being on the vendor side and having to do it all, right? Yeah. Amazon puts so much onus on the vendors to grow their own business. It's all self-service. It's you're the one promotional planning. You're the one setting the marketing budgets. You're the one launching new products. So, you know, you know, first sitting behind the wheel uh, of, of a, an Amazon business, it was like, oh, wow, I have lots to learn. I have a lot to learn yeah. at the same, but at the same time, I speak the same language as someone sitting on the other side of the table. So I, in some ways I know what I'm doing. Um, but in other ways, in the executional ways, the tactical ways, I, I still have a long ways to go. Um, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> it was, cool. uh, it was an interesting experience for sure. Nice. Well, I know we, you want to talk about uh, promotions and I, I know people who started this podcast were like, yes, let's get into promotions. And so uh, 
what's uh they they got to hear all kinds of nerdy stuff but but valuable valuable information definitely uh, definitely so uh so really you know actually what's reminding me is sounds like at the brand side you don't really rely on vendor managers very much i mean you're really doing it all you feel like you're not really mm-hmm. relying on amazon's uh whatever they they have what is it the uh AVS services or the SAS services or yeah I, I will I will say that those those account manager services the ABS services way more helpful than vendor managers on a day to day basis you know, what, we, <laughs> well, what we what we need uh, help with is the tactical stuff right my variation is yeah. not sticking my title's not changing um, yes you know my title is like, not changing yeah why is it is so, so stupid every, every yeah. time. Every time, I swear to God, um, yeah, it's 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 that kind of stuff uh, that that we really need help with more than anything else. Uh, you know, vendor managers used to be responsible in a lot of ways for mutually planning business, right? It's mm. sitting down with the vendor and understanding how they're going to grow on a year-over-year basis in a sustainable way. Um, yeah, and now they've kind of taken a step back to uh, more of a I don't know, like high level management, I guess, uh, you know, they, they want to make sure everything's on track, but they're not going to help you get there. If that makes sense. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Okay. So really what is that title in Amazon? If it's that helps you with the tactical things, is it just, uh, Amazon vendor services or is there, I mean, yeah, I think they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they call it ABS now, Amazon vendor services. Uh, typically, I mean, you have to pay for that is the only thing, and you need to be large enough in scale. Yeah. Um, somewhere around, I think it's like 15 million. The cutoff is different by category, but I think it's like one to one and a half percent net receipts. Oh. So it's, oh. it's a killer. Wow. That yeah. is killer. I don't like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, that's why we don't pay for that stuff, because we just, we just hustle it out. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. We just we just hustle it out and uh, and we're like yeah we'll we'll figure it out and we found that a lot of times you know with our team's experience we we know more than even these ABS people and stuff so that's often true yeah <laughs> and I think anyone who's had any sort of experience probably does but because uh, like you said they might only have been in there for a year or two years you know You're right so. right that's the thing that's the thing but. They're the ones uh, that can switch, uh, switch the or flip the switch, right? You know, if you need a variation solved and filed a hundred cases and it's been two months and I don't know what's happening, and then they could just kind of do it in three seconds. It's uh, it, they have the power. That's right. All right. So going into Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Deals Week, um, Christmas time, Q4, where a lot of us are thinking about promotions. We're thinking about what should we be doing? And especially this year, everyone that I know of is heavy on inventory. Lots mm-hmm. and lots and lots of inventory. <laughs> and they over-ordered on COVID. Uh, and now we're flooded with inventory. Uh, the, the cost of inventory with interest rates going through the roof has quadrupled. I can know mm-hmm. that from my own because uh, we sell a lot on Amazon. So for you, uh, thinking about promotions this Q4, I'm, I'm going to guess there's going to be some aggressive, aggressive promotions from a lot of brands. And so, anyway, love to hear your thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, we just saw Prime Day, right? Biggest biggest uh, sales day ever for Amazon, over $12 billion of sales. So, wow. you know, that's that's what it is nowadays. It's um, the pendulum's kind of swung a bunch of different ways, right? I mean, you had during the you know, COVID time period where no one could get stock to uh, after COVID where people got way too much stock, but then profitability was really thin. And now profitability is kind of rebounding, but there's also a lot of stock. So vendors are yeah. all looking to get rid of that. Um, you know, it's going to vary by your by your organizational goals, right? What what your promotional strategy is? Is it, um, hey, look, we're going to do ten percent across our entire brand and get that awareness, and we're going to do get a halo effect through the rest of Q four, or is it, hey, look, we have this one SKU that has a billion units and we need move through them, we're going to go 50% discount, it's going to be crazy. So it's, you know, all of these organizations are going to have different goals based on what their situation is. So I can't give you, you know, a, a prescription, hey, you know, you got to right. think about, you know, deal periods like this um, necessarily. But, um, you know, when you kind of think about, you know, promotional planning, like what's that process look like? What's the timeline look like? What's it like, you know, working with your vendor manager on, you know, getting this stuff planned and executed and bought against, you know, that's kind of where I have some insights. Shoot, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're, we're coming up on, um, prime day deals, prime deal days, something like that. <laughs> They've changed. They've changed the name a few times, but that's yeah. that's next week. Um, is is that event? So just kind of kicking off uh, Q4 strong, right? So um, you know, like in terms of the process, you know, what's, what's the process look like working with Amazon on on planning this stuff? You know, they plan really far in advance, uh, rightfully so. You know, they want to make sure that your inventory is secured. So yeah. right when right when Prime Day finished in July, they were reaching out to me about this event next week, this October yeah. deal event, and Turkey Five. You know they're they're planning it that far ahead. Um, it is it's because in a lot of ways there's a lot of stages to this. You know there's a lot of audits that need to be done. There's agreements that need to be signed. Inventory needs to be secured. POs are placed. Yeah. So it's it's quite a lengthy process. Um, and Amazon doesn't help with really any stage is, is kind of the bottom line. <laughs> if you ask a vendor manager or your AVS, hey, what what should we run on deal? They're just going to give you your top 10 ASINs in an Excel file. And that's it. <laughs> right? So, so it's, it's all on you, really, at the end of the day. It's vendor to figure out what you want to promote, you know, the length of the promotions, the deal types, those kinds of things. Um, and then sending that to Amazon and, and then they kind of determine what the funding amounts need to be. Um, and then yeah. you kind of have a negotiation from there. And let's talk about uh, funding and how the funding works with Amazon uh, on the vendor central side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, you know, um, kind of when you go through the deal planning process, you can estimate kind of what the funding would be, right? If you want to run a 10% discount on a an item that is historically sold for ten dollars, you're going to fund a dollar. You're one hundred percent funded. Um, so that that's an, a very important uh, key 
thing mm-hmm. that like, uh, for for people that don't really understand you know if you're a sales manager or a ceo listening to this you're like hey we're gonna run a promotion with it with on the amazon vendor central side we're gonna have to fund it a hundred percent which means if it's ten percent off a hundred dollar product ten dollars that means you're giving amazon an extra ten bucks mm-hmm. right yeah. i mean that's, that's exactly right yep that's exactly sure. right so i have heard the deal of the day one of my friend who's, who's who does a lot, he said they had a hundred dollar product. Mm-hmm. Amazon wanted to discount it for fifty percent off, hundred percent funded. So they sold the product to Amazon for fifty dollars. So the uh, it was, basically Amazon would be getting yeah. this product for free. <laughs> yep. That that yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy when you when you start going through these negotiations and you're like, wait a second, you need promotional funding that is 2x the invoice price I charge you that doesn't make any sense like I'm paying you twice as, I'm paying for the products and then I'm paying it three times really every time I sell it doesn't make any any sense at all that is hilarious it never run never on a deal of the day just don't do it it's just it's too expensive Okay, so that's good to know. I mean, it used to be deal today was good; it was decent. But like you're saying, it's 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 too expensive. <laughs> it's yeah, it's way it's way too expensive. I mean, unless 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 you're really profit rich, uh, you know, I just I would try to avoid it <laughs> if possible. Or you need to liquidate yeah. something, right? Yeah, liquidate or maybe you're selling. I don't know. Like you said, really high profit. But yeah, keep going. Uh, so. <laughs> What do you think about these promotions? It's on you <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. Like you're going to be funding this, or does does Amazon always do 100% funded? Or I mean, how do these? What what are some cool negotiations that you've done that you're like that was a pretty solid negotiation and that really made my company money? Yeah, um, it used to be the case where you know there was partial funding. Um, you know, you can kind of negotiate a little bit more, uh, <laughs> get Amazon to throw in. 30% or something like that. Um, you know, with the way I, the way you used to phrase it as a vendor is this is a national deal, meaning we're giving it to Walmart too. So if you don't agree to help us fund it, then you're just going to price match Walmart anyway. So, yeah. so, you know, Hey, we're trying to throw you bone here. Uh, nowadays that doesn't really work. Um, there is no partial, there is no partial funding anymore. You are 100% funding your deals all the time. Wow. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's a little crazy. Uh, it's, that's why I say it's kind of all self-service, right? And it's all, it's all up to you to figure out what you want to promote. So you need to look, look through a self-serving lens in doing so. You know, um, the way I kind of start my, my deal planning process personally. Here we go. Uh, is, yeah. Brian, what do you here do? Here we go. <laughs> here we go. This is this is the uh, this is trade trade secrets right here. So, Ooh. so the way I start this process is I pull my full catalog of products, every wow. single product, every ASIN, SKU, mm. whatever you whatever you want to call it. Um, and the goal of this is not to figure out what you want to promote; it's what to figure out what you don't want to promote. Right. So I'm going to pull in my margin my inventory projections, my sales, um, any sort of 
map or pricing considerations, um, you know, all of these things that combine to give you filters essentially. Oh, mm. well, this product, you know, if we ran it at a 10% discount, all of a sudden it's making negative 10% margin. Mm. Nope, not that one. Moving on to the next. Well, this one, based on my forecasts and my inventory schedule, will not have enough inventory to run a deal. We'll only have two weeks ago. Well, that one's out. And you can kind of create this master template that you can then use for every single promotional period that you have moving mm. forward, right? Because your margins really, it's not going to change that much. Um, you can pull in a refresh view of inventory fairly simply. Uh, you really just need to update like your, your ASPs, your, your price points, right? Because your price points determine what you're going to fund, right? Mm -hmm. It might be $12 one day, $10 the next. Um, certainly going into this process, you know, every vendor has a promotional budget in mind, um, whether that's, uh, you know, bucketed in marketing or cost discounts or something. So, you know, based on this master template that you've created, uh, you can kind of estimate what demand will be during the promotional period. You know, you've started with a hundred products. You've narrowed that down to 20 that have margin room, have sufficient inventory, et cetera. Um, I'm going to run a discount on these. Then you have to figure out what the discount amount will be. Right. And you can, typically I stay in the range of 10 to 20%. Um, Based so nothing. On, no, nothing. I, I don't like to go super crazy with it, um, mm. mostly for margin considerations more than anything else. At the end of the day, you have to run a deal. Yeah. You have to. It just, to. just to keep up with everyone else in the category at very bare minimum. Um, yeah. So you want to run something, of course, but <clears throat> I would just be very careful about the discounts you put on, especially because of the amount of negotiations that you're going to have to do with Amazon. Um, you know, every time your ASP changes, they're going to come back to you and be like, well, now it's dropped by another dollar. And to beat that ASP, I'm going to need three more dollars from you or something like that. So, so anyway, you've whittled this giant list down to a, a handful of products that you want to promote. You want to figure out the discounts to put on them to, you know, um, number one, make money. <laughs> and, and so you don't want to go too crazy, but then number two, you know, you want to consume your promotional budget because that's not, you're not getting that back. Right. Yeah. So, Hey, you got a $20,000 budget. How do you get to that amount with this combination of products? You know, you can estimate what that will be by, uh, you know, essentially figuring out what the dollar discount amount will be multiplying mm -hmm. by, you know, your forecasts. Mm -hmm. You can determine a forecast. I mean, there's there's a billion different ways you could you could do this. People go into tangents on how to put together a a promotional forecast, but basically, I kind of use a use a tiered approach where you know every ten percent discount that's maybe a two x lift. Okay, fifteen percent discount that's a three x lift. Mm -hmm. it, when you're saying this lift, this is during a promotional time like a black Correct. friday prime prime day like so the yeah. so it's a key there's i'm not getting a 2x lift on a 10 percent discount if i just do it on monday august 3rd or something, that's you know that's exactly right and we've trained yeah. consumers 
to only look for deals during those promotional periods. So if you, run, if you run something in, you know, June before Prime Day, you're not, you're not going to get much at all, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's these heavy traffic periods uh, that are most important and, and, and to be able to run it on the deal page as well. So that's why I say a 2x lift for a 10% discount because that's only a price discount. Okay. To get to a best deal, you need to be 15% and up. Okay, good. And good. the best deals are important to be, it's important to be a best deal because then your deal is on the deals page on Amazon, which is the second most trafficked page across the whole site. Now you got to tell me the first. So this is the homepage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So... Your fifteen percent off, you figure three x or was it? Yeah, roughly three x. Yeah, so I go from basically a two x lift to a three x lift to twenty percent. Now you're like somewhere in the range of three to four x lift. Okay. And I and the way I figure out lift is I take a week of P seventy forecasts. So a week of forecast. So because because these deal periods are typically multiple days, um, hmm. basically I'm doing 3x whatever a week is. Oh, okay. So it's not <clears throat> 3x. So a prime day might be a two-day deal period, but you're going to 3x a week. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, one other tidbit I'll put on this is when you're figuring out you know, you've, you've figured out, essentially, you've built to that promotional budget number, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Let's say you have a $20,000 promotional budget for this period. Yeah. In this stage of planning, you should overshoot that budget by at least one and a half times, maybe two times. And the reason I say that is because you're going to take this list of deals, you're going to take these discount amounts, and you're going to send them to Amazon. And all of a sudden, that one dollar funding that you thought you were gonna you were gonna plan against a single ASIN, Amazon's gonna say I need five dollars of funding. Why? I don't get that. Well, it's based on what they're looking at from an ASP perspective and a net PPM perspective as well. So okay. they have their own kind of constraints uh, around these 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 deal planning periods, and they have to run it through their central teams, all this stuff, and. When it comes back, it's okay. Well, now I have to fund five dollars instead of one dollar. Now I'm not making any money. Remove that deal. So, in that example, like everything's 100 percent funded, so that's beyond 100 percent, right? I mean, that's it could be two, three, four, five hundred percent funded, right? Is that what you're telling me? That's pretty common. Well, you yeah, yeah. It, unfortunately, it is. I mean, like. Uh, well, let's say, you know, you want to run a deal and um, it's a $10 item and you expect to fund $1, a 10% yeah. discount, right? Um, but Amazon's net PPM is hurting. Um, and then the next day, the ASP is now $9, right? So now to, to run a deal, they need to beat that new price. So now they need to fund the difference between $10 and whatever the deal price is. So they might be $2 from you. So that's really the difference here. It's because of the ASP, the, the price point fluctuations on site. Um, 
This is why they go through so many of these audits prior to a deal period. It's because they want to beat whatever the best trailing price point was. Uh, but in order to make that change and beat that price, you know, you have to fund it as a vendor. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So let's say, you know, hey, you've got $20,000 budget. You've planned for $40,000. You go to Amazon with this list, the first round of audits. You say, I want to run these deals. You've now all of a sudden removed a number of deals and now you're at 30,000. So you're still higher than your promotional budget at this stage. Yeah. That's fine because there's more audits coming. So this is just the first round and then you get closer, right? You're closer to the deal period. Amazon's placed its POs. They've inbounded their inventory a um, couple days before the deal event itself. There's another audit. <laughs> <laughs> and this this audits for okay did our inventory land in time do we actually have inventory to run the deal and then yeah. again price points have changed we need more money from you and then that's when you remove another ten thousand dollars of deals and all of a sudden you're at your promotional budget so always plan for more promotions than you think that is some great insight and at the end of the day, I mean, you're still doing it. So it's obviously still profitable for that two, three X, three, four X during that period. And you want to stay competitive. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try to only run uh, promos on things that are profitable. I, I generally don't like yeah. know, the loss, the loss leader mentality either. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, the way that Amazon actually, uh, you know, takes funding from you is not a te not technically a price discount, right? When they place that PO, you're not giving them a price discount on the product itself. It comes on the back end after the deal period has run. So if you wanted to do some weird, strange accounting thing, it's technically not, uh, you know, it's not coming out of your margin, if that makes sense. Interesting. Because, you know, they take it on the back end instead of up front. So you could technically say, okay, well, I'm not going to look at margin at all. This is coming out of a promotional fund, a marketing fund, rather than being a price discount. A lot of vendors do think about it that way as well. I don't like that, but some do. Yeah, I can see that. Well, at the end of the day, Amazon is making a lot more money than I am. Mm. Yeah, you and I both. <laughs> <laughs> or any of the brands we work with, because I think even on the deals, they're making money on the deals, they're making money on the everything. It's 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 they were funding and I'm sure back in nineteen ninety nine when they first started they didn't have the power they do today, so probably a little more. You know, that's why they were losing money every year. Uh, yeah, remember that? I can barely remember that now. <laughs> They've had yeah, so well, many so many years of strong profitability since then it's it's been crazy that's right i mean it used to be that was like the big thing right it's like oh i was losing money for the last 10 years or 20 years and it's mm -hmm. like they were like okay well just wait one day we're gonna turn on the faucet and now it's like reaping the rewards it's just that's that's right that's and right and who's and who's uh you know who's paying that salary it's uh it's us us little guys us little vendors over here that's right. Well, this is cool. Well, I think uh, I learned a lot. 
I'm sure the audience learned a lot and this is a this is a great podcast and for those that want to reach out to you connect with you and and what's the best way for them to do that Brian yeah hit me up on LinkedIn shoot me a message I'm happy to happy to connect happy to have a conversation this is uh you know uh my weird weird nerdy life uh working in e-com so uh always happy to <laughs> always happy to talk about it Awesome. All right. Well, we'll sign off here. It's been a long podcast, but it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. And uh, if if this brought you any value, please share it with a friend. That's all I ask. Thanks so much.